0: Hello and welcome to Mobile Interactions Now, the podcast where industry pros share first-hand experiences on making mobile interactions work. I'm Chris and I'm part of the team here at Tentech. On today's episode, we're joined by Haley Evans, Product Manager at TriumphPay. Haley and Jean discuss what it takes to design great user experiences while masking the complexities going on behind the scenes. So without further ado, let's just get right into the episode. Take it away, Jean.
1: welcome to the show. Why don't you give the listeners a little more background about yourself? I covered some in the intro, but I'm sure they would love to hear more.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me, Jean. I'm really excited to be here. I'm Haley Evans. I'm a product manager at Triumph Pay currently, and I live in Dallas, Texas.
1: From what I heard, I was uh, getting the feeling that you and your team at Triumph Pay is actually starting to tackle to simplify something that's seemingly very complex. And that's when I was like, oh, I'm so thrilled to have her because whenever a team of people get together, try to you know, simplify a, sort of like a multi-layered systems and processes that involves many different players in the product ecosystem, that, that's where I feel like the good story is about to come. So why don't we start by you explaining a little bit about what Triumph Pay is doing and specifically like what kind of problem it's trying to solve.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So Triumph Pay is an e-payments platform for the logistics business. So brokers are our clients and we process their payments to carriers, the companies who are driving the trucks to get your products to you. So we process the payments for them. What we learned is that one of the most complex things is getting the paperwork from the carrier to the broker so the carrier could be paid. The logistics business is one of the last businesses who is currently going through a lot of technology transformation. So there's a lot of things that are still done manually. So our new product that will be coming out this summer is a mobile application that carriers can take pictures of their documentation and submit it to the broker's. So they're not mailing forms, they're not faxing them, or even hand-delivering them, which still happens today in 2019.
1: That's awesome. I'm not surprised at all. Because I remember just past uh, November, I was at a, a TED Summit conference, and there is a group of people, developers who came from Brooklyn, New York, and talking about how to you know, uh, create fax apps, because there are so many use cases that are still needing, and and th- these are the kind of uh, you know places where people don't think about in terms of mobile apps and things. So I I love hearing those stories. So let's unpack a little bit. You you mentioned trucks and things in that nature. So tell me a little bit more about your users
2: yeah, so we have a couple of different users. Our core business right now is a a website application, and our users are brokers. And what the brokers do is their clients are like the manufacturers who have an actual product. and the manufacturer says, "I need to get this product to Gene. How am I going to get it there?" So they'll hire a broker to do all of that for them to do to hire all of the carriers. Who's going to get this product from A to B? So the brokers in the middle of that, they're our clients. And what we do is we process their payments for, on behalf of them to the carriers. So when we talk about like the usability of our product for our users, we want it to be simple, straightforward. They have a dashboard that they can see where all of their payments are going, when they're going. They can really understand their financials because their main concern is their cash flow because they have money coming in and coming out. They want to make sure that the carriers get paid on time, but they also need to get paid by the manufacturer. And as manufacturers push their days out, their days to pay out to 60, 90 days, then it makes it hard for the broker to manage their cash flow. So that's where we come in and make that a little bit simpler for them. So that's our core business. And then this new application that I talked about earlier is to supplement that, to make the transaction and the interfacing between the carriers and the brokers a little bit easier to make that payment process go a little bit smoother.
1: Can you elaborate a little bit about the whole user story about what they will actually be doing with using the mobile app?
2: Okay, so the broker will hire the carrier on behalf of the shipper to take something. Once the carrier, the individual driving the truck, um, has made it to that location, they get documentation saying, Haley did what she said she was going to do. She drove this truck here. Everything's in it. Great. So where the app comes in is they can create paperwork in order to submit back to the broker to say, hey, I did what I was supposed to do. You can pay me. So the app will have a built-in scanner that will take pictures of everything. It will connect all the way back to the loads we have in our system. So it's really simple for the carrier to use. They don't have to have additional paperwork. They don't have to have The load number, all of that, it's already in there for them. Everything pre populates with where they are. They take pictures of the documentation and send it back to the broker. The broker verifies it and then approves it, says, Yes, you've submitted everything. Everything checks out. We can pay you now. So then we have two different options that a carrier can take. They can take a standard pay, which is usually in 21 days they'll get paid, or they can take a quick pay. If they want their money now, they can take it at a 1% quick pay fee. And so they can get cash immediately, and it helps that we're a subsidiary of a bank, so we have access to that capital.
1: That's fascinating, actually. Just think about the details and steps that um, you know happens in between. You know, somewhere in between, like manual and automation, and all that. You sound like you have this understanding of of the uh, the user journey, what they're doing, and I love following that process you're talking about, but. Why are you looking into this? Was there anything that really surprised you? I'm like, huh, I never thought our users would be like this. I never thought they would actually use it this way. Anything like that?
2: Yeah, what surprised me the most was there's the wide variety of carriers that are out there. You have carriers who have hundreds of trucks and they've been around for 20 years and it's very systematic what they do. And then another carrier that I got to talk to it was him and his dad. They started their own company because you can, it's easy to get into. And he did the back office while his dad drove super down to earth. I love talking with him. And so that's what really struck me is like, wow, you have these people who've been in the business for years and years, and they have a large company and they have completely different needs than this, you know, mom and pop or dad and son business who they're doing it, they love it, and it gives them the freedom for like the, the lifestyle that they want. You have these. People who need the same thing, they need to get paid on time, but they are submitting their documentation, their paperwork in different ways. And so how we can help them streamline their back office or even on the front end with our app will help them get paid quicker and help improve those relationships with their brokers. Because ultimately what what carriers and brokers want is they want those consistent relationships. They want a carrier for the same broker and the broker wants the same carrier so the easier we can make that for them and improve that relationship by making it really streamlined and really seamless, then the better that will be for them.
1: That's funny. A couple of days ago, I actually talked with a GPS tracking company, and they're talking about how they are using SMS, two-way SMS service to help you know, truckers and people on the go kind of configure their services on their portal. Using SMS and because that is part of a mobile channel and it's this kind of thing. And as you know, I'm part of a communications platform company, where SMS is just a channel. And I never thought of people actually using it for that kind of use case. And have you you know come across an example of a use case where you didn't really intend that how this could be used in that way, and they just kind of uh, finding their own way to use this, what you're creating? I haven't yet.
2: I think because our app is is so new, we haven't even launched our V1 yet, our first version, but we have been hearing from people that they'd like to use it in different ways. One of my favorite things to do is talk to users, do user interviews. I feel like you learn a lot by talking with the end user of your product and you'll get different questions from different users saying, Will this integrate with this system I'm already using? And the system name is all the way from A to Z. So we haven't run into that yet, but I feel like we will just based on the questions that I've received on, can you integrate with this TMS? Can you integrate, oh, we're already using this. Can you integrate with them? So that's one of the things about this industry is that people have put their processes and their systems together in a different way. So I think it'll be interesting to see once we get to, you know, version two, version three, version four, how people are using it. And I think that will help us continue to make it better and easier to use.
1: For our listeners, I think it might be really interesting looking at uh, your team dynamics as well. So when you have this kind of a user insight that you start hearing and learning about, how do you actually go through the process of bringing to the team and prioritizing what integrations to include, what features to include? How do you prioritize all this?
2: Yeah, that's a great question because there's, there's a lot there. Doing these user interviews, people get really excited because innovation hasn't been part of the logistics industry. Like those two words just really haven't been together until the last couple of years. So we get a lot of, "What more AI. more machine learning and which we're doing, you know, wanting to do a lot of that. We're using some machine learning, but we're not using all of it yet. So it's really exciting to take all of these really great ideas and these really great insights from our carriers back to the development team and say, okay, what can we actually do? What do you guys think? I think it's really important to get the development teams buy-in because you know, that's a cost to you. How, how much is this going to cost to build? Will it cost, you know, really benefit? Will it really do what these carriers are wanting to do or what these brokers are wanting it to do? And you want to know what's possible from your development team. You also want them to feel like they are key players in the decision-making process. Not that you're just handing down information, but they really are part of helping developing the app as well, helping to develop the solution as well and so, I think it's really important to take these great ideas that you get from carriers, and then bring your development team in at the, at the very beginning, so that you don't overpromise something that you can't deliver. But you can see what can actually be built in a reasonable time frame, and will deliver what the client is wanting.
1: So, how is that discussion going internally? <laughs> is it? Um, tell us a little bit, if you could, the dynamics of uh, who, how the battle is fought, because you know a lot of tech companies. There are this, you know, cool stuff. Developers want to develop cool stuff. From what I understand, you're starting to develop things yourself as well and and start coding. And there is this whole intrinsic desire to add something cool to the product that goes out. So at the end of the day, is it more of a data fight? Is it more of a ROI fight? And and, and is there a magic into how to make the teamwork
0: work?
2: Yeah, that's so interesting. It's currently an ROI fight right now on just getting this MVP out on time and on budget. We have an amazing team of in-house developers and we're also working with an outside firm and they're super creative and they come to us with all these ideas and we have to kind of push back on them and say, okay, we love your 100th idea, but we need to just do the 50th one right now. We just need to get to, you know, the first couple because developers are creative too. I mean they're they're super creative. They want to build amazing cool stuff, but sometimes they can just take too long and be too costly. So it's really important for me to keep the business in mind and what's our core product on this? What's our core delivery on this? And make sure that we have that on time. And so I think it helps in those conversations to say we are going to do a second version. We are going to do a V2. We are going to do a V3. So that lets them know like, hey, we're going to be around to create all this cool stuff you really want to create. We can't do that right now. We need to get our core offering out, see how people use it, get that feedback, and then iterate.
1: What kind of a release cycle do you usually uh, deal with or plan to do?
2: So I would say that I really like the phrase, we plan to have a two-week release cycle. We're really diligent on that, but sometimes things come up best laid plans, like they say, something may always happen. So we're currently on a two-week release cycle for our core application. And that is things going into production, clients using it. But for our application, we aren't currently releasing anything, but the developers are on a two-week cycle just so we can make sure that we're on time. I will say, however, sometimes things come up. We may have to do a patch release, which will make things adjust in our current sprint. And for me, what's been really important is communication. I'm constantly talking to my developers on what they're doing. And then also with the operations team on what's happening if the clients are coming to them with something. So it's really managing all these different communication channels. And then I have to be really diligent and really careful about when I talk to the developers because they work best when they're able to really dig into the code for chunks of time. So I may get something from the operations team that comes in as an emergency. And then I have to use my professional judgment. Is it really an emergency? Do I need to derail what this developer is working on this afternoon? Or can it wait until the end of the day so that they can finish what they're doing and then start working on this new item that's come in tomorrow morning?
1: That sounds fun. And I agree. I have this imagination that that communication, you know, playing a big role internally and externally with the users as well. As we move forward, so part of uh, what I was excited about, um, kind of unpacking a little bit, is is that you are dealing with a two very complex topic: payment processing, logistics, and for many people, uh, including myself, payment processing is is a heavy business transactions. Do you um, deal with the more of a different level of security concerns and data protections and all those things? Uh, how does that play out?
2: Yes, we are very heavily regulated, both with the payment processing and with our development because we are a subsidiary of a bank. We are held to all of the U.S. standards for our bank.
1: It's interesting. I interviewed uh, some of the uh, UX designers and. And product people, and they always complain about some of the, you know, user authentication that needs to be built in, because for them, it's just like a affliction, you know, it's, it's like, it's a step before you start actually consuming the service and using it, clicking through and things like that. So it's because you, you deal with the payment processing, I was curious about how people feel about adding user authentication here and there and things in that nature.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Now you're kind of jogging my memory on some of the things that our core application already does to prevent fraud. I mean, obviously it's very important that the person who's supposed to be receiving that money receives that money. So one of the things that they had built into before I got here was that you have to claim a relationship. So a broker can't just send a carrier money. The carrier has to log into our portal through two-factor authentication prove they are who they say they are, and then claim that relationship with the broker. So it's not like Venmo where you can send money to anyone. You have to have a specific relationship that's been authenticated with that person in order to send or receive
1: money to them. I feel a little better now. I'm at (laughs) peace because uh, having been part of the whole two-factor authentication campaign, and, and it really, I would love to see it working because uh, it is jungle out there. Sometimes it seems like, um, you know, if you, how do you actually, what kind of methodology are you using in terms of a um, two-factor authentication?
2: Yeah, so what happens is a broker will invite a carrier to the portal saying, hey, I'm using Triumph Pay and I would like to pay you. So the carrier goes on through a, through a deep link that is sent from our system, inviting the carrier to have a relationship with the broker. And then that link will take them to a landing page where then they will start the process of creating that profile. So they'll fill in their MCDOT number and we'll match that with our system with what the broker has provided. And it must match or else they can't go any further. And then they will be able to get a text sent or a phone number or an email and the way that that happens is it has to be through um, an email or phone number that the broker has provided to us. They can't change the email address or the phone number. So if it's someone going in, somehow they got access to your email and they clicked the link and they're going to claim that relationship. So if someone got access to that link somehow. They can't authenticate the relationship without having your phone number because they can't go in and change that phone number to their own phone number and then authenticate and then change your your banking information. Again, once we have the banking information in there, if someone goes in and changes it, it doesn't automatically update. Our operations team has to verify with you that, yes, you did indeed change your banking information, and this is where you'd like us to pay you in the future. So fraud prevention is really a big part of what we do because we're sending... A lot of money out to people. We want to make sure it goes to the right person. It's really important that we have these features in place and we're continuing to develop additional features as they come up or as we identify gaps in what we could be providing and gaps in our security.
1: Where are your users? Is your user base basically in the U.S. only or is it cross-border?
2: Right now, we only work with brokers in the U.S., in the future, we are wanting to work internationally. And the first step for that is with Canadian brokers. So we have started discussing with them about what their systems look like and how they might be able to work with them. And that's part of our goal and our plan for later this year and into 2020.
1: And this probably will be my last question. I love sometimes how um, product team, uh, um, the role that what they do in terms of, to me, you're trying to come up with a solution to an existing problem. Oftentimes, that's a new way of solving problem and and that requires some new way of looking at things. Um, Try to see what if this, what if that is, uh, where do you usually uh, draw your inspirations from? Is there a special place you go to or uh, to come up with some of these ideas?
2: Yes, I go to my own team at Triumph Pay. We have some really experienced people on the team here who've been in the business for a long time. And one of our sales guys, he started out in the mailroom. So he's very familiar with the paperwork flow, how it was in the 70s and the 80s. And so I really had to go and just talk to them about their past experiences. Like, what was it like when you started? Where did you start? You know, at what point in the logistics chain did you work? What was it like? From those just natural conversations, we'll get ideas about what we can do in the future. And so that's probably one of my favorite things is because it's relationship building. As I'm a relatively new team member here, you can learn a lot about someone and where the industry has been. And it helps us think about where we want to go.
1: Now, Haley, that was a lot of different topics we covered. I really thank you for that. But before I let you go, there's one little thing that we do here, just, just for the hell of it, and, and people get to know you better. Now, if I were to ask you, what are the top three apps on your mobile phone that you use the most, what would that be?
2: Yeah, um, three. That is difficult. One of my favorites is Instagram. I love just looking at pictures of my family and friends and keeping up with them. I'm originally from Kansas City. So it's a fun and easy way to just stay in touch and see what people are doing. I also like the Duo Mobile. It's a Google app for FaceTiming. I love that one. third one that I have been using the most recently is the new Triumph Pay app. <laughs> Checking on it, making sure everything is working and we're ready to go. So that has been my favorite one.
1: I love that. Now, is there any place that you would like people to co- go to to, you know, follow up with uh, some of the work you'll be doing in the future?
2: Yeah, the best place to go to follow up with us this summer when we launch is LinkedIn. You can see all of our updates there on what's going on with China Pay as a whole, as well as the app. And then you can also see more information about us on FreightWaves. They're our partner that shares content about the logistics industry.
1: With that, I want to thank you, Haley, for coming on the show.
2: Thank you so much for having me, Jean. I really enjoyed it.
0: Thank you again to Haley Evans for joining us today. You can find out more about Haley and Triumph Pay at triumphpay.com. To find out more about Gene and Tintech, visit tintech.com. Make sure to search for Mobile Interactions Now in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or anywhere else podcasts are found. And make sure to click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. So on behalf of the team here at Tintech, thank you for listening.